you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Damashek here. Make sure you check out the new episode of the Dave Damashek Football Program as the Around the NFL boys walk here into Studio 66. We just spoke with Greg Jennings, late of the Packers and of pro football, as a matter of fact. Aaron Nagler from Cheesehead TV and Patrick Claibon talking all things Packers and the Ryan Fitzpatrick signing. Check it out on iTunes or NFL.com slash podcasts. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here. We got the full cast, as always, on this beautiful Tuesday. Uh, we got the WizKid from Wisconsin. What's up, Alex Gelhar? I'm excited to be here, as always. The magical beard of fantasy. The franchise, Matt Franciscovich, what's up? What's up, James? Uh, MG Mike got Marcus Grant. What's going on? Dude, we're feeling good. And West Virginia's finest, of course, as always, the wide, resp- wide receiver whisperer. Easy for you to say. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Matt Harmon, what's up, man? Oh, not much. James. And birthday boy. Oh, here we go. Happy birthday, Matt. Thanks. <laughs> He's halfway to death. Oh, halfway. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. That means I'm going to die at 50 because I just turned. Isn't that what you have been saying? No, I said there's 0% chance I make it to, like, 80. That's <laughs> wait, no I feel I feel as if you were about to say 60 <laughs> and then realize that was really like, close to 50. Yeah, like, like, wait a minute. Like, wait. <laughs> well, I'm not sure because I've said, obviously, like, people have been like, hey, you're, you know, welcome to the half a cent- or quarter of a century club. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm definitely not making it to 100. That's 0% chance considering <laughs> the damage I've done to my body and my youth. Okay. Um, so Fair enough. But, I mean, I feel like 50 is pretty well attainable. I've, I've re, re, rebooted my, my health in many ways. It's, so. not, it's not so much that. Do you do? Does Matt Harmon want to, want to get to 50? James, now we're going to really go down into the feeling podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I a, a lot of parts about being uh, 50 are unappealing. But, yeah, so I'm, 25, <laughs> I'm 25, which is basically 27, which is basically 30, which is basically dead. So RIP me. There you go. There you go. Wow. But thanks for the birthday. God, wow. anybody that's like over 30 that's listening to this podcast right now is like, what a baby. Yeah, hi. Yeah. Oh, me and Marcus are like, yo, brother, come on, man. Uh, we're going to do the entire preview for the NFC South. We're talking Panthers. We're talking Saints. We're talking Buckos. And how about them Falcons as well? But first, let's start with our top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the news. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news. 
Because I'm a kid. So y'all need to have your kids, have your wife. All right, let's start in Miami. Jay Ajayi sidelined with a bone bruise. I think it's on his left knee. I think he has problems with his right knee. So it's the knee opposite of where he has some serious medical concerns. So that is fine. They said he should be out, I don't know, probably like three or four days. He could be out maybe a week. Should be fine. But here's the thing. (laughs) Arian Foster now running with the ones, um, and he's been doing so. And, And here's the thing, man. Adam Gase has been nothing but glowing about Arian Foster. He annihilated his conditioning. Annihilated. I like. It's like he's turned back time, and uh, it's really interesting because they were talking about on the around the NFL podcast I was listening to this morning. Wes made the good point that Arian Foster's 2014 tape was sublime. He was fantastic. Yeah, it was as great as could be. The back that we always remembered. Last year, he was dogged by injuries. What did he have, like 2.6 yards per carry? Yeah. Yep. Really only did his fantasy damage through the air. But he's an elite running back. We know that if he's healthy. So if these rumors are to be believed, he, he could very well be jumping Ajayi for the starting job in Miami. Can we just have an uh, if podcast one one week? Just do like a, a if, you know. What are you talking talk about? about? Isn't that like everything that we do? Yeah, you're probably, <laughs> you're, you're probably right. You're probably right. His ADP's already jumped Ajayi's on fantasy football. No, it has not. It has as of, I just, I tweeted really? this morning. Yeah, so. Oh, my. So uh, Foster is now a, like, uh, late sixth round pick, and Ajayi is like. Oh, okay. Uh, People need to calm down. I mean. Mid-seventh round. I, I, I go back to what Gelhar said. He is absolutely right. When. Arian Foster is healthy and on the field. The dude is amazing. Yeah. But only only twice in his career has he actually played 16 games. In fact, the last three seasons, last year was four, year before was 13, which was like a high watermark for him, and then the year before that was eight. Right. Yep. It's really hard. And I know, I know we always talk about injuries. You can never predict them, and the guy is, is you know injury prone until he's not. But, man, at some point, it's it's just hard to ignore. He's going to break down at some point. He's getting older. He's got all these injuries piled up. It's inevitable he's going to get hurt at some point. So this is the quote from Adam Gase to the Miami Herald. Foster is going to be working with the ones the whole training camp. His resume speaks for itself. I don't think there's any question why we brought him in here. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see why he wouldn't be working with the ones. Well, I mean, when he says they're going to be, he's going to be working with the ones the whole training camp. Does that mean Ajayi's not getting any any reps with the ones? I mean, if he's not getting any first-team reps, he's not – I don't know if he's useful at all. That's what I'm saying. So, um, yeah, I, 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 no, I think I, – Franchise, you bring up a great point. Just because Arian Foster is going to be getting work with the ones right. doesn't mean that Jay Ajayi is not going to be getting work with the ones. But at the very least, you know, listen, there's not a pecking order here. Right. Right? It's not like, oh, hey, Jay Ajayi is our guy. And then Foster's going to work in behind him. No, uh, I think Adam Gase has spelled it out very clearly that at the at best for Jai, it's a committee. Yes, at best. Uh, at worst, it's Foster's backfield. Right. And keep in mind, it's not like Adam Gase has any kind of you know connection with Ajayi. It's not like nope. he drafted him. No. He just walked into this situation, and Jai just happened to be there. Yeah. So, franchise, what were those ADPs again that you uh, said on per cal- fantasy football calculator? Yeah, that Foster's like. Uh, uh, late seventh round now, late sixth round actually, and Ajay uh, Ajay is down into the to the eighth. So I'll ask you guys this question: Who would you rather have, Foster late sixth, Ajay eighth? 
Neither. Neither at those. I would. That, I that would, price probably neither. I mean, I would go for a Jai. Just so you wouldn't take a Jai in the eighth. The no. Meet? Yeah. With I, this news coming out, well, absolutely not. Well, I, but it's a question: Do you believe this is real, or do you believe this is a smokescreen? I think part of me feels like this is them trying to get Arian Foster up to speed as quickly as possible. Let's let him work with the ones. Okay. Let's let him get some reps so he can get comfortable. Yeah. But I don't. I'm not yet buying that this means Arian Foster has passed Jay Ajayi on the depth chart. Again, I, I I agree with you. I I don't I don't think that Foster is necessarily the guy, but it's a com- I I think it's going to be a committee because first of all, I mean let's be real here. Arian Foster coming off that Achilles, they need to protect him a little. It's not like he yeah. could go get thirty carries a game. It's just not. I don't think that's reasonable. But a committee, you're telling me a full blown fifty fifty committee. You want to take Arian Foster in the sixth or Jai in the eighth? I think uh, just like in a vacuum, I probably looking at the Dolphins from like a, a team perspective, I probably prefer Foster if he's going to be the because I think the one thing we know for sure is he will be the clear passing down back, no question about it. Yeah, and I don't think the Dolphins are going to be all that good. I think they their defense is not set up very well right now, especially in the secondary. So teams will be throwing on them, which means they'll have to be throwing back. Um, even though Gase has been, you know, a little more run heavy than I think people know. I would still probably prefer to have the passing down back in this situation, but neither one of their prices are very appealing. No. Uh, the one thing to remember, too, is that we haven't talked about with Foster is we, we've mentioned how, how great he is when he's healthy and stuff, but there has been a clear sign of him, him taking a bit of a step back over the last few years. Uh, from 2010 to 2012, he scored over a touchdown a game. He scored 47 touchdowns in 45 games. And from 2013 to 2015, he scored 18 touchdowns in 25 games. So he has he has slowed down a little bit. He's not quite that same elite back, but I'm I'm with Harmon. If I'm going to take one piece of this backfield, I'd probably rather have the guy that's going to get the passing down work, and thus the the safer weekly floor. Well, I'm the guy in the the uh, this is fine meme sitting in a burning room right now. All right, there you go. Uh, we'll go to Buffalo. Uh, Ian Rappaport reporting. Uh, this. He tweeted this out. Bill Staff is outspoken on how hard LaShawn McCoy worked in the offseason. One coach told me he looks five years younger. They expect a huge year. This is kind of in conjunction with uh, him coming into camp, <clears throat> the, the quote-unquote the lightest he's ever been, which I think is like three pounds less than what he is listed as. So, uh, uh, hey, you know, kind of Is, take is that. he lighter? Uh, it did happen. Did you look at the numbers on the scale, James? Um, I did not, personally. Uh, but uh, apparently they did. They said he's coming in lighter. Um, the lightest he's ever been in his entire career. What do we make of the news? I am sneakily kind of getting excited about LaShawn McCoy, especially as an RB2. I don't know if I can I can quite get down with him as my, my number one running back, but man, as an RB2 in an offense that is going to run the ball. I mean, the, the Bills ran it the second most times of anybody in the league last year. Right. And I know they split it up because McCoy was hurt and we saw Carlos Williams and what have you, but um, they're not going to change all of a sudden. They're not going to just suddenly start slinging it all over the yard, even with Tyrod Taylor and and Sammy Watkins. So I'm quietly starting to be excited about this. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I can't think of, like, since I'm trying to, you know, embrace, like, anti-fragility with my teams and all that and, like, you know, draft more wide receivers and running backs – I just can't think of a more like fragile asset than LaShawn McCoy, you know, Arian Foster. Well, yeah. McCoy, yeah. yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, of like actual early down running backs. Uh, you know, we know that, yeah, when on the when he's on the field, he's going to absorb a ton of touches, and he's going to do probably very well with them. He didn't show a lot of signs as declining as an individual player last no, year. Oh, four point four yards per carry. Yeah, very. I think he's still very good, 
But, you know, that that cliff could be coming at any time now, too. And we've already seen some, you know, Knicks show up from last year. So, I don't know. He's just never a guy that's going to fit into my pl- plans, but I probably am not balking at somebody that's drafting him. He is still only 28, for the record. I know. Bare- barely 28. He's been in the league for a long time. He's got, what, a couple thousand touches? Almost? Yeah, over I think two- he's closing on 2,000. Since if you count, oh, yeah, yeah, he's just shy of 2,000. He's at 1,990, or 1,996 total touches it's a lot. for his career. He just turned 28, by the way. Just turned 28. So, you know, he's he's in his age 28 season. I mean, but you're right. The, the workload is definitely concerning, but I don't know. A lot of the peripheral numbers, as Matt mentioned, are there. Like, you know, 4.4 yards per carry. It was actually better than his previous season in Philadelphia. Um, and then you look at his receiving numbers, 232 catches for 292 yards, a 9.1 average. I, I mean, it's the second highest average he's had in his career uh, next to his 2013 campaign where he was sublime. So uh, the numbers don't tell you that there's been much of a decline. And then the fragile part, too, it's like, you know, I get it because he's had such a huge workload. He missed 4 games last season. Yeah. And then he but th- that was coming off of back-to-back seasons where he didn't miss a game and he missed 4 games in 2012 and really he hasn't been a guy that has missed a ton of games in his career. So it's I feel like LaShawn McCoy is getting that Frank Gore treatment almost where everyone's kind of expecting him to get break down and, and get hurt and hey, he's got that huge workload and he's kind of sort of been putting up the numbers though. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it's not. It's, it's, I think we're all confused that that Co just compared somebody to Frank Gore in a positive light. <laughs> well, I think he means you know Frank Gore from about five years ago. That's right. Yeah, maybe sh- don't not. ruin my narrative. He's still <laughs> positive about Frank Gore on this podcast. It's very true. It's very true. Um, all right. So I, I mean, I guess at his current price, what's he going in? Late second round? Yeah, I or third so. or so. I, I like third in the second round. Yeah, early I mean, thirdish. I feel like. He he's been for years. He's been like a border around borderline first round pick, and he doesn't get that love as one of the elite fantasy backs because of his fragility. But I'll take him in the second round, sure. Yeah, it's you know I haven't been too high on Lashawn McCoy this off season. Um, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I saw that his birthday is the same day as mine, so he he gets a big b- bump in the ratings. Has to. <laughs> that just that's just good sense. That's, can't 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 fight that law. That's science. <laughs> that, that is science. So uh, yeah, I like him this year. Great. Uh, Reggie Bush. Speaking of the Bills, right? Reggie Bush signed a one year deal with the Bills. Yawn. Well. Yes. Uh, well, we just got to note that he's there, although it seems like Rex Ryan kind of wants to use him more as a returner, but he's depth. He's a said, returner? He's somebody oh, to be aware I feel like of. I those days have passed. Was say, when was the last time he was – he? when was he a primary kick returner? Like, had to be back in New Orleans, right? Yeah, man. His, like, rookie year after that, he He did stopped. some punt returns for Miami, I think. Actually, maybe he returned some kicks for the 49ers last year, like when he got hurt. Yeah, I, I think actually – When he ran be. into that wall at that – on and the positive end, that's right too. Oh, yeah. uh, but he's just somebody to be aware of uh, in that because the the Bills had such a crowded backfield behind McCoy, but now with the all the suspensions and other off field issues and things like that, yeah, it's become a big question mark. So it's really just worth noting that he is there. And Them signing Bush, I, I mean, there's been a lot of uh, steam behind Carlos Williams perhaps getting cut. Yeah, this might be another indication of that happening. Which or is or easy. Or is yeah, this right. 
is this a way to light a fire under Carlos Williams and get him on that elliptical machine a little bit more? Get him on that. Make sure he drops that. Make sure he drops that baby weight <laughs> and the not suspension. And yeah, the, the, uh, train. As well. uh, for the record, he had um, two punt returns in San Francisco last year for nine yards. There you go. And before that, his last returns were in 2011 in Miami. Oh, all right. Okay. All so right. he'll be returning kicks. Uh, former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Stevie Johnson, now oh. with San Diego, Torres meniscus. That report, according to uh, Mike Silver of NFL Media, um, it sounds like he's going to miss the year. I, I mean, I, I think they're still determining, doing those tests, blah 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 blah. blah. It's, I mean, look, he tore his meniscus. He's this close to the season start. Uh, he's either done or or just about done. Well, uh, from for the entire year. from what I was learning from, I think some people that have medical degrees on Twitter. Okay. And I thought I remember this too. Is there are two ways his procedure can go? Okay. One good, is they good can, or bad. Well, one they can just like straight remove the meniscus. And then he's back in a couple weeks. Oh, that sounds awful. Yes. It seemed, <laughs> it seemed weird. The other one is that they repair it, and then it's a uh, you know, couple several, couple to several months re, uh, return time. Why? Either way, I think. <laughs> hold the, on now. Hold on. I don't understand. Like, you you just take the meniscus out? Like, and if that's the case, why do we have it, and why is it a big – why would anyone – Repair their meniscus. Why, why, why do we have tonsils, James? Why do we have appendixes? I get it. <laughs> now, obviously, we take this all with grains out. We are not uh, doctors here. Speak for yourself, pal. Speak, speak for yourself. <laughs> uh, it's called a meniscectomy. I'm waiting Sounds about the, right. Waiting for the internet to pull it up. Okay. Uh, somebody stall while I skim through this to see okay, what it good. is. Well, I, before I mean, I mean, before we can get to it, like best case scenario, he's going on IR boomerang, right? Like okay. best case scenario. Okay. And what does that mean? So, so basically, six weeks and eight that's, weeks. Could be back. Eight weeks, right? Eight, eight weeks, weeks and could be yeah. back. Um, I, I mean, you know, look, uh, I don't think folks were taking him anyway. Even when he was healthy, it's not like he was. So going, yeah, I took him in our last mock draft. Uh, okay. So but where, but where did you take him? Though? I like, took him like the like my last round yeah, pick. Yeah, fifteenth and this, round. So. I mean, this more just sucks. Like I just. Literally a couple of days before this happened, I wrote the piece that the Chargers were a top five wide receiver core, and the big part about it was Stevie Johnson. I think I still think has great ability as like a slot receiver, and that might not be a big deal for fantasy, but, but. the fantasy impact is now because I think he was going to soak up a pretty decent amount of targets as the slot receiver just with, with the way they play offense. Now it's going to go to other guys. You know? Yeah, I think more gates. More gates. I think Keenan Allen pushing 180 targets is even more likely now at this point. I agree. Um, Travis Benjamin is a really appealing pick uh, to me. He was before this, but now even more so. Yeah, I, I really like him. I think. I think. Dan, I think Danny Woodhead's going to eat some of these too, though, because oh, he can sure. go. He can go line up in the slot, and right. I think he and Gates are going to see the biggest uptick. But Allen and Benjamin are, will get a bump as well. I don't like. I mean, obviously, right after he went down, the Tyrell Williams hype was was popping out of camp, and people are jumping in on Twitter like, "What about him?" Nope. Yeah. He caught an 80-yard touchdown in Week 17. Like, let's 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 pump the brakes on him before we assume he's going to jump in and have any sort of fantasy relevant workload. But he is a name to watch. Well, yeah, he's a he's a very athletic guy. You know, he's six four, over two hundred pounds, ripped off a four four two and a thirty nine and a half inch vertical at his pro day out of Western Oregon. He was productive there. So yeah, he's definitely somebody to monitor in the preseason. All right, and so update on the meniscectomy. Okay, it actually does say torn parts of the meniscus and or damaged damaged cartilage on the bone surfaces are carefully removed with special instruments. The end result, blah blah blah, is a knee lined with smooth and stable tissues rather than rough torn and unstable edges. The surgery time for that procedure is only about 30 minutes. So also part of why the recovery time is quicker than if everything is repaired instead. Okay. 
All right. All right. I, I don't know what that all means. Dr. Gelhorn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, I just was clearing it up. Should, all we, right. should we have like a fine print? Do not try this at home. Do not try <laughs> uh, Also, it, it, what it doesn't tell you there is whether or not you can actually do anything athletic after that, but that's okay. We'll figure that out. Uh, Zach Miller, John Brown, they're both in concussion protocols uh, respect for their respective teams. Um, not much to make of it, especially this early in the training camp. Am I wrong? Am I right? I think you're right. Okay, there we go. We move on. Sammy Coates. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy Coates having an amazing summer. Uh, he is pushing Marcus Wheaton for that number two job. That number two job right now in Pittsburgh, highly coveted for fantasy purposes, and just a gigantic question mark right now. Uh, okay, can I just state this? Yes. If Marcus Wheaton doesn't doesn't win the number two job this year, like it, we're done with him, right? I'm, I think I'm done with him. Recently. I mean, because like I feel like, but I feel like you know, this is this is it. This is the last chance for him. This is this is the time because you know, a couple years ago we thought it was going to be him, and then Martavis Bryant pops up and just destroys, and and Marcus Wheaton goes to the bench. Now, no Martavis this year. The door is open for Marcus Wheaton to take this gig. Yeah. If Sammy Coates surpasses him and ends up becoming the number two. It's done. He goes to the Kristen Michael dustbin, right? Like yeah. that's that's just what happens. Truth is out there. Um, I was I'm <laughs> writing. So spoiler alert. Um, I'm he, Sammy Coates is going to be the headline player for Hype Train Smokescreen tomorrow. Nice. Oh um, yeah. Oh. They can and find that at NFL.com/slash/Harmon. Woo! We all have we all have fancy vanity URLs. Can, now. Yeah. Can we get that? Let, let's get that out there. That, yeah. NFL.com/slash/Harmon okay. for Matt. All right. NFL.com/slash/Franchise for the other Matt. Also Franciscovich if you want to go for his whole yeah, name. but franchise is so much easier. Oh, yeah. gosh, yes. NFL.com slash co, K-O-H. Or oh, co I actually have one. You have one. I told oh, you I made oh, one. Oh, yeah, oh, co is doing a weekly column uh, on news and notes, fantasy news and notes. Now you can check it out on Fridays. NFL.com slash Grant uh, for Marcus and NFL.com slash Gelhar for me. And, of course, you can sign up your team, sign up your league today, NFL.com slash fantasy to sign up your team. Uh, we're still doing that fan league thing, are we not? We are. We're, okay. The, the uh, entrant or entries are pouring in. Uh, yes. Maybe we'll we'll announce one or two entrants on Friday's episode. I think we, I think we will. We, this is a, and I'm making an executive decision here on the Danger Zone League. So we have a okay. – nice. so we have the uh, – the, uh, we have – how many fan leagues do we have? Three, right? Trace. So we've got the – we've got one – Regular, quote unquote, regular league for the podcast. Uh, then we've got a bearded league for franchise and Harmon. Do not have not to. not limited to people with beards, right? Mm. It's not limited to people with beards. It's not. Mm. We Especially because I don't want to be like the twelfth best beard in the league. <laughs> oh yeah, I've already been beard shaped on Twitter. Uh, and then we've got the Danger Zone League with myself and Adam Rank. I'm making an executive decision here. I haven't talked to anybody about it. All right. uh, we're making the Danger Zone League, I believe, a 16 team league because. People danger need zone. to dra- draft danger zone players. That's I, that's, good, awesome. that's a good point. That's and that's that's good news for everybody that wants to get into the league. That's true time, because it expands the pool of entrants from thirty to what thirty four. Then because you guys are you're adding uh, yeah sixteen. So yeah, you 16 guys will have fourteen. So thirty four people are going to get to play with us schmucks this year in fantasy. I like it. Wow, that's I feel scary. like we're just handing out golden tickets around here. <laughs> you get a golden ticket. We're we're we are Willy Wonkaing this thing. Right I like now. it. Uh, yeah. So I mean, yeah. Uh, it's, so uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that. So what? what I was saying before I was interrupted for like five minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. Actually, wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's his birthday. He just thinks he can, you know. Oh, the diva is turned up to oh, 11. Okay. Oh, jeez. Um, anyways, no. But so I was like, I told you, I tweeted about this yesterday. Like looking at Marcus Wheaton's game logs from last year does give me like a headache because, you know, he did get a shot to be the number two receiver earlier in the year. 
uh, before Martavis Bryant came back in week six when he was suspended and then mysteriously hurt for week five. Wheaton averaged 1.8 receptions and 4.56 yards per game in the first five games without Bryant, and 31.6% of his yardage came on like a fluky long touchdown from Michael Vick against the Chargers in week five, which was his only catch of the game. So he really, you know, kind of threw up all over himself with that opportunity to be the number two. Of course, down the stretch, like when he was facing number three cornerbacks, he had a really nice run where he was he caught a bunch of touchdowns. He caught four in the last, uh, I think, six games. Cannot forget that Seattle game. That Seattle game where he went berserk. But other than that, he never crossed 70 yards in that stretch. He was just – he had a lot of touchdowns. To me, like, I'm completely kind of just out on Marcus Wheaton. Even at, a, like, a ninth-round price where he goes right now, I'm fine with that. But bringing that back to Sammy Coates, man, like, writing the report for him – Everything out of Steelers camp has been very positive. They said he's in great shape. Uh, he's got a chance to push Wheaton, like we said. So as long as Coates stays affordable, and he's a 13th round pick right now, even though I was not a big fan of him coming out of um, coming out of Auburn, I'm in on that on that price tag. Well, you just talking him up uh, has moved his ADP up. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I think this is one of those cases where I mean sometimes in fantasy we we look too much at whether a player is good or not or has all the traits and stuff but yeah. we which I, I don't like to I never try and ignore that but this is a case where Sammy Coates regardless of that could come into very good opportunity and at that 13th round price tag that feels about right to take a shot on him if he cashes in on those opportunities for sure even as long as he stays in double digits I'm fine I'm fine with it you by know? the way are we are we overstating the whole thing anyways this whole you know why like the second wide receiver for uh for Pittsburgh because I mean, listen, they're going to run 11 personnel a lot. Uh, there's going to be a lot of three wide receiver sets out there. Isn't isn't it very reasonable to expect that you're, we're going to see Antonio Brown and Sammy Coates and Marcus Wheaton out there? Well, probably. Um, and Darius Hayward Bay? Could be. I mean, uh, listen. Oh, boy. Man. You know, that's that that could happen. That's just a, made, you just made my stomach upset. It could happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the reason we might be overstating it is that, like, I think also people see, like, another big athletic receiver in Sammy Coates. Well, he and Martavis Bryant right. must be the same player, but I think that's a pretty wretched comparison, to be honest with you, because yeah. I think what makes Bryant so great is actually where Coates is the weakest as a player. But that's beside the point. Like, also, this offense just might not be that good, like, as it as it, as it it was with Bryant and Bell in there. You know, this might not be a situation where this number two position is all that coveted. Yeah, right. I would agree with that. All right, let's move on. Hey, let's talk about the NFC South. Uh, we're going to talk Panthers, Saints, Buccaneers, and Falcons. We'll start with the Panthers. Uh, Cam Newton was an absolute beast last year and probably the MVP, not just in terms of, of – the actual football, but how about fantasy football too? I, I, there's a strong case to be made because there was a lot of hand wringing going into last season with with uh, Cam Newton, considering all of his weapons that went down. Blah 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 blah. But he, I mean, he was unbelievable. Does he get there again? I, I look. I, I hate saying when a guy has just a, a, an unbelievable, a sublime season, can he get to that level again? I, I think we are all in agreement that he probably will not get to quite those heights. But is he a legit – can he be the guy in terms of being the best fantasy quarterback in the game? Again. Sure. sure. He's got what it takes. I mean, why not? I mean, it's just I think everybody looks at – the number he posted last year, fantasy-wise, and what accounted for 45 total touchdowns and things—that's a—I mean, that is a huge number. That's Ridiculous. an incredibly big number. Right. When you talk about his passing yards and his rushing yards and everything he does, so yeah, the the logical side of you says, man, it's hard to do that a second year in a row. But I mean, the thing we've seen with Cam, from the moment he stepped in this league, 
is that he has been a top five fantasy quarterback. So it is not implausible to think that, yeah, he could do this again completely. Uh, how about Kelvin Benjamin? He comes back from that injury. We talk about a lot of that hand-wringing. Part of it was that Kelvin Benjamin went down in the preseason um, with that knee injury. Where, where do you take Kelvin Benjamin? I feel like he's kind of a forgotten guy right now. See, I disagree with that because he's like right back to being a third to fifth round pick, like almost right where he was going last year. Oh, um, and I that's would a not take him in the third or fourth. That that's is, a that's a that's a big price tag. That is a big price tag to pay, and I could honestly, there I could sit here and probably talk for the entire podcast about Kelvin Benjamin versus Devin Funches and how it all relates to each other. And I, but I will spare the audience that thankfully. Um, the the question with Benjamin is: Is he going to see 140 plus targets again, like he did as a rookie? I, I don't know that he necessarily will, but I think he will dominate the target share. And also, I think you hear a lot of people talk about Benjamin and how inefficient he was with those 140-plus targets uh, as a rookie. But I think we also have to remember, you know, 2014 Cam Newton was not as good as 2015 Cam Newton. And I don't think the primary reason for that was that Kelvin Benjamin was not there. I think he was hurt in 2014, that Cam Newton was, and he also was just – he took a big step as an individual last year. So I think Benjamin's a fine guy to have but I think he's another player we talk I talk a lot about insulating Josh Gordon I think you have to insulate Kelvin Benjamin too I don't want him to be my wide receiver too but if he's my wide receiver three in wide receiver heavy early approach then I like him I I guess my question is where so where are you comfortable taking somebody like Kelvin Benjamin I mean I think it just like I said it, it all relates to what I've done before like if I've taken two running backs and then he's there in the fifth round is like my wide receiver one or two but definitely the third or fourth round price tag too rich yeah, I like him more in best ball leagues. And that's like an easy cop-out to say, but like in a best ball league, I like that because I think he's still going to have big weeks. I mean, but we're talking about a guy who, is, as a rookie, had 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you wouldn't pay like a fourth-round prize for that guy? Yeah. I definitely. Would. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't pay a but fourth round not, price for that guy. Uh, look, he 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 did that his he did that one year. He was a rookie. I, I get. I love the um, Mike Evans had one good year. Then he had a kind of suspect year. But now everybody's all in on Mike Evans. I mean, I don't I don't understand why. Well, Mike Evans isn't coming back off of an ACL. But Cam Newton is a better quarterback than anything than, than Jameis Winston. Okay. Yeah, but I, I buy that argument. He's better than he was. I buy that years argument. ago too. Benjamin Benjamin also came into the league as an older prospect. He's he's 25 now too, and that is so that old. is ancient. Um, <laughs> I mean, but so just like he came into the league as an older prospect, so you have to wonder if he's kind of already, you know, washed near, not washed, but no, <laughs> I mean, like he was near his ceiling as an individual player as a rookie, um, and also like he did have major ups and downs in just his individual play. Though he's he's better than like his detractors give him credit for. I'm not trying to like I am. I somehow became like a Kelvin Benjamin defender because there's some people on fantasy Twitter hate Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah. But I just think it's important to contextualize his rookie year. Like he did accumulate a lot of numbers in garbage time, and that's an important thing to remember too. And the Panthers are just a much different and better team than when he was absorbing all those targets as a rookie. Right. Yeah, the, the thing with the Mike Evans comparison too, he's a guy who's who's that offense, the targets are a little more like concentrated, especially going to him. Like even in his quote-unquote off year last year, he's still at like 143, 145 targets. Yeah, which is huge. Which could, that number could easily go up because Vincent Jackson's older and like Charles Sims might be the best, second best pass catcher in that offense. But with <laughs> 
Harmon just made a face. Did Marcus tweet something? Marcus tweeted. <laughs> like, Marcus, like, once a podcast tweets something I say completely out of context. <laughs> nice. Breaking so, Matt Harmon may or may not have called Calvin Benjamin washed. Stay tuned for podcast for more details. <laughs> oh, jeez. Anyway, I'm just trying to promote the podcast. <laughs> oh, so I so, got to die on this hill. My point is why, why I – I'm not quite in on that price tag with Benjamin is because I think, as we've said, Cam's progressed as a passer. This is a different offense. They're going to be leading a lot more of games. They're going to be focused on the run. They've got a great defense. His targets will come down. He'll still be an effective red zone threat and stuff, but this is also an offense that still has Ted Ginn, who we can't forget about. He could have, he'll have some touchdowns. Uh, Olsen, Greg Olson's going to have some touchdowns, as is, ben, as is Benjamin. So I just think that that 1,009 is probably like his ceiling again for this year, and I don't want to invest that heavily in it in a round where I could get somebody like a Randall Cobb or, you know, whoever else, Jeremy Macklin or whoever yeah, else. except I don't think Randall Cobb's going to hang around that long. I mean, he's probably going to start moving up, but, like, right now in that third to fourth round, that's where he is. I'm just confused where what, what to project for Kelvin Benjamin because, again, we only saw one year. He's coming off that knee injury. Um, Cam Newton is a giant wild card in terms of where's he going to go with the ball. I have no idea. Um, I, I, and it's just hard for when, when there's that much volatility – I just tend to stay away with the first five picks. So um, now here's the thing. I get it. I mean, let me back this up by saying I don't. I'm not in love with Kelvin Benjamin by any stretch. But I just, I, I just don't know how we suddenly discount him and say he can't be a fourth round guy. When you look at what he did in the past, when you look at the offense that he is in, you look at the opportunity that could be in front of him this year. Yeah. That much nope. is true. I, I just like I said, the volatility for me scares me off. That's all. No, yeah, at least that early in the draft. The, last year, the Panthers, uh, no wide receiver had fifth. Over 50 receptions for the Panthers. Ted Ginn led the team with 44 receptions. Beautiful. Gross. No wide receiver on the Panthers. <laughs> no wide receiver. Wait, on Ted, the- Ginn, Ted Ginn had 10 touchdowns, right? 10 touchdowns. So he was a wide receiver, 25. 10 of his 44 catches were touchdowns. Apparently That so. is amazing. And no wide receiver had over 800 receiving yards for the Panthers last season. Ginn led all Panthers wideouts with 739 receiving yards. Uh, can we, uh, so what does the room feel about uh, Devin Funches? Nah. Uh, no, I don't know. Really, just straight up knows all of them. I don't know. No, I'm not a no. I know his catch okay. rate is horrible. Well, you're in the other room. I'm not a no. That's I'm true. A, I'm behind <laughs> the glass, so I don't I'm, count. I'm just a meh. I'm like, I'm like, I don't no, know. I'm a no. I'm an absolute no. I'm like mm. a maybe on a flyer in the last nope. round or something. See, he's in like similar with Sammy Coates, where I don't think he's all that good, but I don't know that I care all that much because yeah. <laughs> they really they really like him uh, as a, not as like a clear number two receiver, but as a guy that they can move around the formation and do a lot of unique things with. Yeah, um, and I do trust that wide receiver coaching staff. Like they got a hell of yeah. a lot out of Benjamin really early and when he was had a lot of questions. You've mentioned the the, the we, how we can't ignore the drum beat sometimes coming yeah. out of camp in the organization and the the J, the Devin Funches. Drumbeat is probably even stronger than Jalen Strong's coming out of Houston. Yeah, like I'll completely Twitter slap the people that th- like will will argue with me that well, Devin Funches is better than Kelvin Benjamin, and he already is. <laughs> and, and those people are ridiculous. So if you're listening, you're you're being ridiculous. But as like a tenth to fifteenth round pick. I'm okay with Funches because I think he could push 100 targets if everything breaks right this year. I think I think the one the the one thing I'm worried about, right? So we've we've got uh, I think Kelvin Benjamin does a lot of what Devin Funches does, and then Greg Olson also does a lot of what Devin Funches does. Yeah. And then and then we think about the guy who's going to stretch. He's not going to stretch the field. Funches doesn't have good speed. Um. So there's Ginn there. Uh, again, I, I mean, you talk about 100 targets for a guy who basically Kelvin Benjamin is an advanced version of him. 
I, I that's why I'm I'm saying no. And plus, I I just remember t- way too many drops in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just not I'm not a fan. He's not a supreme athlete. He doesn't have good hands. I just don't see where he fits in this offense with Calvin Benjamin and Greg Olson eating up all that underneath coverage. So. I'm just staying away. I I can't see myself drafting him in any format. All right, so the next question on the rundown. James, why do you still hate Jace? <laughs> <laughs> He's just – Wait, wait here, quick, quick aside before you get into this rant. We were joking before the show because we were like, man, we could just call this entire NFC South preview, why does James hate blank player? Oh, my gosh, that's there's true. There's pretty much somebody on every team that you just irrationally hate. The Saints, I, I've dogged the Falcons there. I've dogged the Saints. For well, and you love Tevin Coleman so much, by proxy, you hate Devontae. I mean, exactly. I, mean, I have to. I have to. You got to pick sides on that. So, and who we were trying to remember? Is there somebody that you hate on, on the, the Bucks? Buccos? No, I, don't I was, think I was so. thinking Doug Mar- was it Doug Martin? Maybe? No, 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 no. I, I like, okay, I like all right. Doug. Well, so they're the only team that skates by. But yeah, back okay. to the point at hand. Why do you? Hate I, I can too? I can hate Doug Martin if you guys want me to. <laughs> no, we don't, should we keep that narrative going <laughs> for the sake of the bit? You know? <laughs> <laughs> look, here, here's the thing with J- Jonathan Stewart. I, look, I, I don't get it. Like, I don't get where his ADP is right now. What, what's he going? Franchise in the sixth, fifth, fifth, sixth round. Um, yeah. I don't understand the value. You cannot possibly get value out of Jonathan Stewart in the sixth round. You just can't. It's impossible. Yes, you can. How? No, you can't. Uh, the guy The guy last year had played in 13 games, had 989 rush yards, and just 99 receiving yards, okay? We're talking about a guy who has had an unbelievable history of injuries. His 242 carries last year was a career high, so... For him, that's a huge workload. Well, 242 in general is a huge workload. I don't see him playing 12 games this year. And and also, keep in mind, Cameron is Payne right now. You want to talk about those drum beats. Cameron is Payne has gotten some really good reviews, yes. especially especially where. In, hey, listen, especially in pass protection, he's been getting some really good reviews. Um, I just, no, I'm, I haven't seen anything on Cameron is Payne so far. I might have missed it, but okay. Uh, hold on. We are going to the Google. While you dig up this glowing pass protection review of the backup running back to Jace 2 who also is f- very good in pass protection, the <laughs> thing to note about Jace 2 is everybody's always dogging him for his touchdown potential and stuff like, oh, Cam's going to vulture everything. Jonathan Stewart got almost a third of all of the red zone opportunities after their week five bye last year. He had 31.3% of everything, the the targets and the, the rushes, and he had seven touchdowns during that, that stretch of the season. So the offense shifted a little bit away from Cam. He, Cam still had eight rushing touchdowns during that span because he's a monster. But Jonathan Stewart is going to have touchdown potential in a very good offense. This is a team that's still going to be leading a lot of games. They're going to salt away some wins. Sure, he could get injured. Anybody could get injured. But when he's healthy, he is an excellent back in an excellent offense. I and mean, we could say anybody could get injured. That's fine. But look at the injury history. This guy will get injured. There's just no way he's going to play. Look, if he gets to 12 games, I would be shocked. And, and again, you mentioned all of those numbers. It was a career year for Jonathan Stewart. It's not like we ever saw that share, that touchdown potential. We didn't see any of that ever in his career. And all of a sudden, he does it. I'm just saying, look, it doesn't make sense to me how how we can say we're going to ignore his entire history uh, and basically draft him like he's going to play like he did last year. It's not going to happen. He was in a committee for most of the rest of his his career as well, and now he's the featured back in an elite offense. So the one thing that about Jonathan Stewart that – By the way, Charlotte, Charlotte Observer loves this kid. <laughs> Well, multiple, I know multiple I, riders from the Charlotte Observer. I saw that he's definitely gotten faster this offseason because he was arrested for speeding in Gaston County, driving a hundred miles <laughs> per hour in sixty-five. So I guess maybe that's the uh, you know. But he did did uh, he did drop ten pounds this offseason. Cameron Artis Payne did. Well, that'll but, help. But I think um, 
I think the thing about Jonathan Stewart that we can all agree on, like the problem with him is he doesn't catch passes. He only saw 21 targets last year. Cam Newton's generally not a guy that throws to running backs because he's always throwing downfield. Um, so that's one issue with him. Uh, he doesn't. He got a lot of red zone carries, but uh, he scored five touchdowns inside the 10. So I think that narrative is a little overplayed. But he's totally a guy that I just – I'm not I'm not like as high as him on as you guys seem to be or as low as him – as on James seems to be. I just think, especially if you go, sorry, French doesn't mean jump you, but if you go heavy wide receiver or something like, Jay Stu is an awesome target in the sixth round be, for a lead back. Yeah, if you're going zero RB, he, he could be your RB too. Yeah. But he's just one of those guys like when it. But you just mentioned it right there. Zero RB, RB2. Yeah, you're not taking your RB2 in the fifth round. That, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. If you're going zero RB, I mean, it's just not. I just don't like the price tag. That's it. Like yeah. I think he's a, a good fit for that offense. And, and so, all if you're talking thing, round seven or eight, would you take a shot at it? If we're talking yes. round eight, yeah, hundred percent. I, I just like I said, right now where he's going in the fifth or sixth round, I, and again, even eighth round, that it's a stretch for me because I'm thinking this really too much volatility in terms of the injuries. But you know, again, I, I don't like. To, I just dislike the price. That's all. I, that's all I can nope, say. You hate him. <laughs> just one of those names I always skip over in the draft on the draft board. Like I'm just like, meh, Jonathan Stewart, meh. There's a lot less clarity when you just look at the guys going behind him. That's the one thing about Stewart that is nice. Like when he's on the field, he's clearly the three down back. Yeah. Yes. Hundred percent. All right. Should we go on to the Saints? Uh, sure. Why not? Well, uh, real quick, Greg Olson. He's got to be one of the safest picks in fantasy. Greg Olson for his beast. workload. Oh he's, yeah. He's uh Actually, I think I have him as. I think he's undervalued. Two tight end. I, mean. I don't know if I'd say undervalued. Because where's he going? He's at worst the clear three. Fifth, he's a fifth round. Right. I think I, I think I have oh, him as my number two tight end, but he's third at at worst. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Third at worst for sure. He's going as a third tight end after Gronk and Reed, which yeah, is so funny because like uh, he is classically a guy that I'm just there's no way in hell I'm drafting right. Yeah, I know. See, I love Greg Olson. I think he's great, but, but like, I'm not when I took early. him in the mock last right. last week, like we were talking about that, I immediately. <laughs> That's why if you can get if you can snag him a couple rounds after, where you I mean you probably won't because of his name value, but yeah. if you can snag him a couple rounds later, he's just he's money in the bank. God, yeah. I hate the tight end position. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's talk about the Saints, shall we? The Saints. All right, uh, where's Drew Brees going? Are we is he undervalued, overvalued? I, I think he's going ahead think of Andrew Luck. I think he's I know that. properly valued. He okay. should be, in my opinion. He is currently the QB six going off the board at six oh one. I like him as the clear QB four behind Cam Rogers, Wilson, uh, and yeah, so he would be four. Like I, he's going behind Luck, who's also going ahead of Wilson, which is incorrect. Um, and, <laughs> Wrong. And Brian Ben Roethlisberger at QB five, and I like Drew Brees better than both those guys. I mean, we we talk about we talk about with wide receivers how there's that obviously clear tier, first tier of guys. You know, the the Browns, Beckham's, Julio Jones's. Right. Um, I think similarly with quarterbacks, you've got you got Cam, Aaron Rodgers, and I'm I'm willing to allow Russell Wilson to kind of sneak into that group potentially. He's maybe he's maybe kind of a one and a half, if you will. Yeah. Beyond that, I, I think you're looking at Luck, Roethlisberger, Breeze, Palmer, um, and kind of that next tier. Right? I think they're they're semi interchangeable, but they are clearly kind of the next tier of quarterbacks, and I think that's the next group of guys you're, you're, you're seeing coming off the board there. Uh, we are seeing a lot. I mean, you want to talk about a sleeper. Uh, Mike Thomas oh, out yeah. of Ohio State, he has just been getting – I mean, the reviews coming in on this kid have just been unbelievable. Shoot, some are great, but then shoot. some the next day are also like he's he's had a rough camp. I've seen it go both ways with him. Cool. It's almost like these camp reports are hard to trust. Right. <laughs> and I saw I saw the same thing with Packers reporters. One, I mean, like one said Devontae, Devontae Adams, Adams had yeah. a really rough camp. The other one said Devontae Adams has caught – 
everything. You know, like when political parties like tell their candidates you need to stay on message. Right. That's like what I feel like with these beat writers. Right. Can you get on message? (laughs) Tell me one thing. It's rough. But anyways, this is why I think Breeze and I, I missed part of your guys' conversation because somebody came into the pod studio, podcast studio back here. I think Breeze is being a little undervalued because he just has so many weapons this yeah, year. Yeah. Yep. Like, and rather than chasing all those weapons because it's going to be tough to sort out where the passing targets all all go, I'd rather just take Breeze, who's got all those guys that he can hurl it to. I th- he's my my clear cut QB four at this point. I like it. All right. Uh, who do you like in terms of that wide receiving core? I mean, Brandon Cooks obviously is going to be the first guy off the board. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of it. Yeah, no, see. Willie Sneed, no. Mike Thomas, no. Uh, maybe Jeez, I forgot about Sneed. See, my, my problem with Saints receivers, and I, I just refer to it as wide receiver roulette because you just don't know where the ball is going to land. And that's kind of yeah. been the, on the, a week the history. Week. Of that's the, the history. I mean, Breeze, I mean, part of what makes him and what makes this offense so good is that you can't scheme to defend one receiver because, you know, before in the, in the past, you know, one week it would be Marcus Colston, then it would be Brandon Cooks, then it would be, you know, whoever. Yeah. Um. And I think it's going to be a lot of that. I think Brandon Cooks is the one guy that may be the most consistent. But on a week-to-week basis, I don't know that you can accurately predict who's going to have the big game. Yeah, See, Kobe Fleener's there, too. Brandon Coleman's there. Oh, yeah, well, you lost me. There. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> there's a lot of – and Hakeem Nix is signed with the Saints, too. Like, Okay, you, you can stop now. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just Hakeem saying. Hakeem Nix, bro. Like, that one – I forgot. You're like, oh, wow. Yeah, but anyways – um. Brandon Cooks, man, he's one that gives me trouble. Like, and I, I never end up really taking him at his wide receiver fourteen price tag in the third round. Um, even in the second half of, and this is the thing I think, like, I finally came to a revelation about who Brandon Cooks is as okay. a player. Um, you know, even in the second half of last season, like, I think there's a lot of like re- positive revisionist history with uh, Cooks' season. We know he was not a good fantasy asset in the first half of the year. Right. The second half of the year, he had some blow-up games, but he also had a 35-yard outing against Houston, a 29-yard outing against the Bucks of all people, the 20, a 22-yard outing against the Falcons. Like, there was still some major ups and downs. And to me, I, like, people have been high on Brandon Cooks for a long time as, like, a potential, you know, Antonio Brown, small receiver, number one type of guy. But I think he's like Torrey Smith. And I like Torrey Smith this year because he's dirt cheap. And Torrey Smith is a really good NFL player, but he's still super volatile, Brandon Cooks is to me. All right, I buy it. And then there's this other narrative about uh, Mark Ingram with his how he had 50 receptions last year in 13 games with all these other guys around. Like Ingram, that number's going down. Yeah, like he's just. You think? Is it though? The I, Saints I have historically been a team that throw a ton of targets at their running backs, and they've they've split it up in years past too, where like Pierre Thomas and uh, I think it was Traveris Cadet or might have been Sproles still one of the years too had like they each had over 80 targets in. 2013. Sproles had 89. Thomas had 84. Which brings us to the question, James, why do you hate Mark Ingram? <laughs> right. Yeah, but you that. actually really hate Mark Ingram. <laughs> it, this, it, I don't understand uh, why. Okay, okay. Here's Okay, Mark Ingram, again, it comes down to draft price. Why are you guys looking at me like this? He's 27. Look, I get it. He's 27 years old, you know, and he's going to enter his uh, running back prime. He's in an awesome offense. Okay, great. I, I just don't want to pay a – Late second round. Where's he going? Late second round? Early, early second. Early yeah. second round? Early oh, third. hell no. Oh, hell no. I'm not paying an early second round price for Mark Ingram. Um, he's never rushed for 1,000 yards ever. Here we go. The running back position for the Saints has been somewhat problematic, um, at least historically. So, I don't know. Look, it, it, and you talk about 50 catches for 405 yards, okay? Um, he had 53 catches and 288 yards combined. In his previous four seasons, 
his previous four seasons combined. He was not known as a great pass catching back at Alabama as well. Um, I think they've got other options there. They have 40 million running backs on the roster. Yeah, but none of them are good. I'm not saying they're going to be good in between the tackles, but you know the Saints again have been able to find guys that could fit their system. Um, and I, I just, like I said, I, I don't know. Like if, if he's got three or four drops in a row, uh, will the coaching staff stick with him in terms of passing down, passing down work? And and there's so many other options right now yeah, in terms of I'm that saying. in terms of that Saints passing attack. I just don't see him getting there. He, um, he did have a higher catch rate than any of the Saints' top wideouts last year, 83%, and uh, he ranked third on the team in receptions be- I, behind Cooks and Watson. Can I, can I, throw, a, can I throw up a red year, flag so. on that? Like, Please. catch rate for running backs, I think, is yeah. not really fair to mention because right. so many of their receptions get are, easy are extended handoffs. Yeah. I would I would agree with that. It's still, it's got to be pretty Saints high. run a lot of screens. still got to catch it. Whatever hater. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I I've been just kind of quiet over here, but I love Mark Ingram this 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 year. I think especially if you're going wide receiver heavy, he's like super safe and consistent. He's had one healthy season his entire career. I liked Mark Ingram before it was the, cool, bro. The last one. Okay, neat. Uh <laughs> <laughs> He's missed at least 4 games in 3 of his 5 seasons. He also had a career high in scrimmage yards last year. He set a career high in receptions last year. Basically almost doubled his career receptions in one season. I think I think a lot of these – see, this is what I find interesting, right? Like, the arguments for Jonathan Stewart and the arguments for Mark Ingram, right? It's like, I feel like we're chasing fantasy points. When we start mentioning all of these things about, like, last year they had the career high in this and the career – like to me, those are red flags, man. Well, no, but I think but it's they more, could be a turning point, right? I think it's know? more of an indication of how of their usage and what the team is using them for and their new roles and, and whatever that was going on. If he did that, if if both of these guys were to do that in years two or three, I'd buy it. We're, I mean, these guys have been in the league long enough where I know what's up, right? Like Mark Ingram, I get it, twenty-seven years old, it's great, but he's been in the league five years. He's going into season number six, but he wasn't really a starter until. Because he wasn't good. Yeah, he got there. better. But he got better. 2014, he, he improved. That's when he started to break out. I, I don't disagree that he got better. I'm just not going to I'm not gonna chase the fantasy points. I'm not going to pay that price. That's all. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. All right. That's fair. All right. Uh, let's talk about the Buckos. Let's do it. Jameis Winston uh, had a, a really good rookie season. QB uh, 13. Yeah. From both a real life and a fantasy perspective. Um the defense was really shaky for the Buckos, and that's kind of why they had to air it out a little bit, and I, I think that helped Jameis. Um, all right, so do you like him? Where do you take him? Where do you thinking about Jameis Winston this upcoming season? In deeper leagues, I'm not opposed to him as a late round if I if I sometimes do a QB by committee. Like if I miss out on my, my ideal late round guys like Phillip Rivers or Tyrod, I think in actually one, what was a mock draft, or it might be a league I'm playing out for uh, another site, um, I think I took Jameis as one of my like my two quarterbacks because he was a, a safe floor play last year. Harmon, you looked at this right. He what never fewer than twelve. Fantasy never fewer than twelve, and preview. only more than twenty twice. But I think with the added rapport with uh, Mike Evans, another year in the system, he kind of he improved a little bit as the season wore on. He dropped his interception rate a little bit and and looked like a better passer. I I could see Winston climbing up into that, you know, maybe finishing it as a back end top ten QB. Um, and the other thing too is apparently he came in just in incredible shape. Dropped a lot of weight. Apparently, he came in incredible shape. Uh, and last year, I, if you saw the pics, man, he was... It was uh, the, the Gruden QB camp one was the really bad one. He looked like a dad at a summer barbecue. <laughs> Definitely and, uh, some dad and now he's got, like, a six-pack. Like, yeah. there was a great... We yep. Somebody did a post for Around the NFL here, and I think it was him or his... Winston or his trainer put in an Instagram photo of those si- pictures side-by-side, side, and it's legitimately, like, night and day. I love it. All right, where do you take Doug Martin? 
Mm. Uh, wow, nobody jumped on that one right away. Uh, I mean, if I, can, if I can wait till the third, I'd be a lot more confident. I don't think you can, though. I think the thing with Doug Martin that people are just so scared off by, he's had two fabulous seasons and just two Garbo seasons. I mean, I, look, I go back to what I said this time last year, is that I loved Doug Martin as an RB2, and I thought he was going to be fine. And then he ends up becoming an RB1 simply because everyone else passed away. Um, RIP. As, but now that everybody's back, I just, I'm just so worried that he's going to get overdrafted, that you do have to reach for him in the second round. And then you're going to be disappointed when his numbers look a lot like they did last year, but you realize that that's not going to be good enough on a weekly basis. I think he's a good player, but he's another guy like Greg Olson. I just find myself never drafting this guy uh, for all the all the reasons you mentioned because a lot of times, uh, e- even if I'm in the back end of a draft, I'm finding myself with a pretty good RB and or two really good wide receivers. I never – you know, never find myself wanting to draft Doug Martin wherever he's at. I just I look at other players and I get more intrigued by the upside. Mm-hmm. He's he's really hampered by uh, Charles Sims's upside as a pass catcher. Ah, that's a good point. And oh god, Charles Sims. Not to change the subject, it's like one of my favorite picks in the draft. Yeah. Um, for a number of reasons. One, because he was RB twenty two in PPR or in standard leagues last year. Yep. RB seventeen in PPR. Obviously, he caught over fifty passes. And, man, if something happens to Doug Martin and he is wont to have things happen to him, whether it be a drop in his play or to get hurt, Charles Sims can easily walk into, like, a Devonta Freeman-type season where he just assumes all of the workload. And when right. you're looking at those guys, it's great to target the pass catcher. Yeah, a for sky sure. high season. I really think yeah. we need we need to do a piece but because th- there's a couple guys in situations like that where if, if things break a certain way, they're, they're league-winning type of picks. And Sims... Sims is probably the poster child for that sort of player. You're right. Because he has a great, he right. has a great built-in workload, more so than some of the other guys. Yeah. But, man, I yeah, he's sky-high ceiling. If, if And we don't want anything to happen to Doug Martin, but no. if it were, sky-high ceiling. And plus, I mean, you just think about the offense in general. It's not a, it's not a terrible offense. No. Right? So, uh, yeah, you're right. I, I agree. It, this guy could to- totally be one of those Devontae Freeman types. Um, Mike Evans, does he get the double-digit touchdowns? Yes or no? Yes. He will have more than he did last year. Oh, wow. Uh, bold, bold statement. <laughs> Way to go out on a limb. So the, the funny thing, about, like, he's just – Mike Evans is such an interesting player because he caught, you know, touchdown – he caught a touchdown on over 17% of his receptions last year and only, like, 4. I mean, his rookie year. Uh, his, his rookie, rookie year. year. And then only 4.1 receptions last year. And that's, like, the average is more, like, in the middle of that uh, for typical wide receivers in fantasy. But he paced he, – he, he beat his yards and his receptions last year in the same amount of games games that he did his rookie season I'm I'm totally in on Mike Evans yeah, up at too. his draft price and I think he's going to be the clear target leader there I'm surprised Vincent Jackson's going as late as he is I'm not no <laughs> no I mean I guess if you love roller coasters you can dra- draft Vincent Jackson um it just we I know guess, who he is at this point in his yeah. career well you know? he's getting definitely long in the tooth there's no question and those big receivers I've I've just kind of noticed like I don't really have any numbers to back this up or anything but just want, if you look over like the careers of these guys those big receivers have to really transition into like a big slot possession receiver guy to extend their careers well into the 30s and I don't know if that if I don't know if Jackson's that type of player. Yeah, I I've, t- I've taken a shot at him in like the 14th, 15th round as like a wide receiver five or six because why the hell not? But well, I'm not going to reach on him any more than that. But using Harmon, one of Harmon's favorite phrases, it, it, target share. I think about the target share. I mean, who else is really there? Right. That's a good point. Adam Humphreys. Oh, he's and already been the uh, the he's already been declared the, he's the winner, slot receiver, the third receiver third wide out. Yeah, hold on a second though. This is something I wanted to get into is because who else is there? Is the tight end position could be a really interesting one in this offense. Again, I say 
who else is there? <laughs> now, Austin Safarian Jenkins has been subject to much off-season scrutiny, been kicked he might off get of cut. He's been kicked out of off the practice field. Yep. He's kind of underperformed given his second round draft price and right. natural talent. Yeah. They like Cameron Brait, but if somebody actually emerges, the I was looking back at Dirk Cutter's offenses, he, I mean, and granted, it's skewed slightly because of the Tony Gonzalez years in Atlanta where he was getting like 20% of the targets. Yeah. But even Mercedes Lewis in Jacksonville owned 19.1% of the target share there. Interesting. And in seven of Dirk Cutter's nine years as a coordinator, uh, seven of them he's had somebody with like over 11% of the target share has been to the tight end. This has been your Mercedes Lewis portion of the pod. <laughs> I'm just saying that if, like, if Jenkins gets cut or Brait is the clear-cut starter – he could be a candidate to be that this year's Gary Barnage guy that, that sneaks up on us and has some surprisingly solid weeks. I'm, but are I, you spending a draft pick on him? I would. If he if he's the starter, I absolutely would. If he's a starter, yes. And like a late round draft. And to, uh, to back up the to back uh, up the tight like there's end. too many other tight ends. Stop. Probably. probably like, stop. If it's a deeper league, I'm probably not drafting. Like, but, 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 but like to, <laughs> to back up Gelhar's point, like not only does Dirk Cutter have a long history with tight ends, so does Jameis Winston. No very, quarterbacks very targeted yeah. tight ends more than Jameis Winston in the FBS, he helped Nick O'Leary, Nick O'Leary, to several productive seasons uh, in college. And into the NFL, really. And into the NFL. Yeah. It was like a fourth-round draft. Fifth round? Crazy. Something yeah. like that. But, I mean, I'm And then totally... he got into camp, and then everyone realized, oh, wait a oh, second. Oh, right. He's got, like, I think he has really short arms, and he's just, like, not athletic Also, isn't he the guy, like, this, we're getting off the rails, but isn't he the guy that doesn't use gloves? Like, Nick O'Leary, like, every, you know, everybody uses gloves. He's the same one that's related to Jack Nicholson, the the, yeah. Not the actor, right? Or Jack, uh, Jack Nicholas. Nicholas. The golfer. The Whatever. Golfer. Uh, right. okay. I mean, no, but seriously. Okay, so, like, we're talking about Cameron Bray and possibly drafting him, right? Okay, so let's let's just go down the list of tight ends, right? Here, here are guys you know <laughs> you are drafting ahead of of Cameron Bray. Gronk, Reed, Olsen, Kelsey, yep. okay. Eifert, Walker, yep. Fleener, yep. Barnage, Ladarius yep. Green, yep. probably Zach Ertz, Julius Thomas, yep. Antonio Gates. Yep. Martellus, Martellus Bennett. I mean, we're at least at twelve, right? Martellus yeah. Bennett, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dwayne Allen. Yes. Zach Miller. Yes. All right, your point is made. You're <laughs> yeah. not drafting Cameron Bray. No. Well, some <laughs> of us are. Some of us play in very deep <laughs> leagues. You know, hey, in the Danger Zone league, he will get drafted. Oh, sure. there, there you go. I'm just saying, if it falls the right way, he could have a he could have a more assured part. We don't have to be nice either. to everybody on yeah. this podcast. Well, it, I mean, hey, listen, it, it, I think you guys could both be right because yeah. we're talking about Gary Barnage. Right. It's not like Barnage was getting drafted. Here. No. So no, he's oh. he's definitely he'll definitely be a waiver wire guy that you could at least. Put that little check mark next yeah. to you. Yeah, I would say. Look, I, I always wait on tight ends. So I love guys like Dwayne Allen, Zach Miller at all this year. But if, like I'm saying, if I'm not going to draft Bright now in the 15th round, but if things break that way when I'm drafting at the end of August and we've got a couple preseason games, I might take a shot on him instead of somebody else. Are Let's you see. suggesting that a handful of tight ends are going to be mysteriously kidnapped between now and the end of August? I get hurt. Um, it, it, does this qualify as the narrative that Marcus Grant hates Cameron Bray? Yep, okay. I guess so. Wow, he's right. just uh, hey, at least I, seriously, I don't hate Cameron Bray, but like, let's not nope. let's let's nope, 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 let's stop passing it. off this fallacy that like he's going to be draftable this year. <laughs> Wait, like, hold on, stop. Didn't, he You're go, probably didn't he go to like Harvard? He did. He did. Yeah. So did. there you go, Marcus. Face. Boom. Let's move on to the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> <What? laughs> let's go to the Falcons. Face on. Devonte Freeman. When. Before anything came out, you know, Devontae Freeman, we're talking about the number one running back uh, from last season and appropriately was being, you know, graded in the, in the I don't know, late first round. Uh, but his draft stock has taken a big-time hit. 
I will be one of the guys that uh, will also say I, I probably contributed to that a little bit. Um, I'm not a big guy on Devontae Freeman. His value, though, has been dropping so far yeah, yeah. Um, that I, I don't – Can I, I might be starting to come around. Where is he? He has he really fallen that far? He's a mid second round pick. Is yeah, he? I thought I thought he was there. going early third. Nah. He might in some leagues, maybe. Okay, especially okay. like as as things progress with these Tevin Coleman news pieces. Yeah, I'm sure some people are still going to take him to the back end of the first round who aren't you know up, oh, yeah. up on things. He will be like oh 14 touches or whatever. He yeah, had last right. Year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm not I'm not too big uh, on Devonte Freeman in terms of being a first rounder or a nah. second rounder, third round. I. I feel much more comfortable. I'm cool with him in the back half of the second round. I panicked at first with the Tevin Coleman news, but I think he's such a better pass catcher than Coleman that even if Coleman eats a decent chunk into his rushing workload, yeah. he'll have a safe enough weekly floor where he yeah. can still be an RB1. That's so, the thing, safe. Like, to me, he's especially in PPR leagues, you mentioned the pass catching, he's a clear, like he's another guy that I would have as my RB1 in a wide receiver heavy team. Yeah. Um, because not to mention the pass catching, but also the red, his red zone ability gives him great yeah. floor. So, ten of his touchdowns inside the 10-yard line. Since, since, I mean, sincere question here. I, I just want you guys' opinion on it. Why is it that you guys aren't worried about Tevin Coleman eating into Devontae Freeman's where oh, you're am. worried about Charles Sims kind of really undercutting Doug Martin? Because they're, they're eating into different parts of the game. Yeah. Pass I, catching. Yeah, pass catching. Like, Freeman's still going to get the money touches, but like, inside yeah. the red zone as a pass catcher. Those yeah. matter more Two than minute just – Two-minute drills, yeah. hurry up yeah, if you they're know, down. Here's the thing. Fair I, enough. I, I mean, I'm, I not 100%, I'm not 100% sure. I'm not buying into that, really. I, I think I, – I look at what Tevin Coleman brings to the table. He is – um, been a fabulous player in the one-cut system, which is what they use down there uh, in Atlanta. And for me, I think he's a, obviously a much more explosive athlete than Devontae Freeman. Right. I, I see this as more of a situation where they're going to split series. Like, I don't know if there's going to be a clear-cut, hey, inside the 20, we're going with this guy. In between the in between the 20s, we're going with this guy. Third downs, we're going to go with this guy. I, I, I just think I think they're going to be one of those – it's going to be one of those backfields where, hey, you get a couple series. All right, now you get a couple series. Now you get a couple right. – and I think – uh, and I think in that way they're going to try to keep Devontae Freeman fresh yeah. uh, because what we saw last year, he was just terrible running the ball down the stretch. Uh, 3.06 uh, rush yards per carry, which is that, – that's that, that's not even rosterable. That, no. That's bad. Uh, so I, I just think, look, I, I, that's how I kind of see this backfield shaking out. But this is a backfield we're going to watch super close during the preseason. There's no question. I read something this morning that said they, the the coaching staff wants both backs to have featured back skill sets. Mm -hmm. So basically they want both of them to be able to do everything, and they're not drawing the line where it's like, okay, Freeman's our early down guy, Coleman is our third down pass catching guy. They want them both to do everything. Well, as Marcus says, it's good to want things, but <laughs> I don't know. That, I don't know <laughs> that, they're, yeah. they're developing Coleman to be one, that kind of guy. And the thing you keep seeing with Coleman is they keep talking about his long speed. So that gives him like that big play home run upside. That's what he was. That's what he is. Yeah, but but is Freeman, guy. like Harmon said, is is the red zone guy. And Coleman also had ball security issues last year, so yeah. they might not trust him in those those red zone. That's a problem. Uh, right. and, and that's that's what's preventing me from just going all in on Tevin Coleman is the fact that he has those ball security issues. But I don't know. Uh, that was your guy last year. No, I know. But I, I mean, listen, I, I'm just saying. What then? We saw him play on the field and he lose the ball. <laughs> Did it happen? Uh, the we, we <laughs> got to look at what what we saw on tape, which was 
very shaky ball security. All right, Hopefully sp- he, he, he fixed that. we got to speed through the Falcons here and get out of here. Anybody else getting in on Mohamed Sanu as a deep sleeper? Uh, no. Sure, no. whatever. You know, I, I, so here's the thing. I wasn't. And then today on Good Morning Football, which is our brand new morning show here on the network. Watch on NFL Network. Um, morning Football. Charlie Cashley was really big on Mohamed Sanu. He really kind of went in on how Mohamed Sanu. I mean, he said, he said, look, I, he's not he's not a speed guy, but he's a big body guy who knows how to run routes, has reliable hands. And, uh, you know, the thing he said is that Mohamed Sanu now is significantly better than what we saw from Roddy White last year, which I don't think is a stretch. Right. Right. Um, so look, he's a late round guy for me, if if anything. But I'm I'm a little bit more excited than I was, say, a week ago. I'm going to give you guys a danger zone deep sleeper. Okay, Aldrick Robinson there with the Atlanta Falcons. What? Yeah, apparently he's having a really good camp, um, and and he is one of those speed guys. He's a freak of nature speed guy, um, and uh, and apparently he's having. And I just think about what role he could play as a field stretcher. Right, like they don't have that on their roster right now. His name Justin is Julio Hart- Jones. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. Julio Jones does everything. He's awesome, man. Um, and Justin Hardy is is a guy who's supposed to be a pretty good speed guy too. Um, I just, I'm just saying, Aldrick Robinson is a guy who's a again a danger zone deep sleeper. Do you know what I remember Aldrick Robinson as? Because I've been subjected to a lot of DC football in my day. Oh God, um, I always <laughs> remembered Aldrick Robinson because he was on their roster for a long time. Yeah, he was. I, I remember him being the guy that I'd be like, man, I wish somebody was. Better was on the other end of those RG three deep bombs back when RG three was. So <laughs> he's a proven he's a proven deep threat, right? Yeah, because proven. He's... But he can't catch the ball as a deep threat. <laughs> well, I, I, again, I, I hate to point to Ted Ginn as a positive, but <laughs> Jeez. Ted, Ted Ginn. Wow. Okay, Whoops. Yeah. Uh, so last question on Atlanta: Is anybody drinking some Matty Ice this year as their quarterback? You wanted me to draft Meh Ryan? No. Yet, Ryan. Uh, he will have a better season than he did last year. Yeah. His 3.4 touchdown rate was the lowest it's ever been of his entire career. He was horrific in the red zone, only a 52.4% completion. A lot of interceptions. Too, a lot of interceptions in the red zone. So I think he'll be like – He'll be fine, but I don't really have any interest in him and as my starter. In a I think there's a lot of late-round guys like Jameis Winston yeah. included that have a higher ceiling than him, so I'm not going to be drafting Matt Ryan unless it's in a best ball league. Matt Stafford, I like He also talked Ryan. about struggling to pick up the offense last year, so second sure. second season in, in Shanahan's system might be a little bounce back here for It's for a big tra- – you know, here's the thing. It was a big transition for him because yeah. even going back to his Boston College days, by the way, he had 21 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. It's Horrible. That ain't good. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. Um, still somehow ended up with an 89 rating. That's amazing. Okay. Passer rating's a weird stat. Yeah, it's a weird stat. Um, but he, going back to his Boston College days, he, he was very much like that Carson Palmer type, right? Like drop back um, and make those reads, seven-step drops, and, and and he liked to go long. Um, but this the, the Shanahan system, man, is it, it, just different, right? Like you got to make quicker reads. You got to do th- those type of different things. Um, Matt Ryan's supposedly a pretty smart guy. He's uh, you know, reportedly putting his head into that playbook. So, I don't know. Year two under this new system, I don't know, might be better for him. And I, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that he could get to 30 touchdowns. Given his arm strength, given Julio Jones, I don't think it's unreasonable. No, it's not unreasonable. I mean, but I think big, you mentioned his interception numbers. I mean, his touchdown-interception ratio has never been great. That's true. He's always been a little bit overrated as a fantasy quarterback. Yeah, right. I would agree with that. All right, should we daps? Yep. Yep. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. Daps and hooks. Give me daps, cause I be squirreling right. Give me dabbing up, daps and bound, daps and hooks. 
All right, daily dap time. We're gonna start with the whiz kid from Wisconsin. What's up? Oh, you're going to me first. I was just trying to look at this. Oh, quick okay. Again. Well, forget it. I can yeah. go first. You want me to go Please, first? Please. I All needed right. two seconds. <laughs> uh, I will first. I, I got a. I got three of them. Uh, how about uh, Dorkly Bits? So Dorkly, have you guys ever been to the website Dorkly? Dorkly.com. No. Uh, oh my god. Oh my god. I like Dorkly. Really? You guys have not been to Dorkly.com? I'm going to Dorkly. Uh, so Google search Dorkly Bits, and um, it you'll find a litany of uh, great. Comic book and video game related videos. It's awesome. Uh, it's super, super funny. Right now. Yeah, okay. Never. Matt Harmon. <laughs> it's not for you, Matt Harmon. Is it it's for dorks? For it's for dorks because it is dorkly. Well, I'm there, pretty, you I'm, there you go. I'm pretty cool, so. Uh, I will give daily daps to Roman Hopper, <laughs> the oldest safety in the league. <laughs> Roman Hopper. Yes. Uh, have you guys seen pictures of Roman Harper I- I- at Saints Camp? Uh, God bless him for not wanting to dye his hair. Right. He's had like a condition where it's been like that for years. He's look, yeah, from like 29 years old, he's looked like he was about a thousand. But God bless him for not trying to change that. I just want to know what it was like trying to tackle Bronco Nagurski. <laughs> wow. Roman Hop. <laughs> All right, and you had a third one? Uh, yeah, daily daps to my wife. Uh, we celebrated our uh, anniversary this week. Oh, congratulations. congratulations. How many years? And uh, it's been seven years. Wow. She is a long awesome. time to put up with you. Oh, Congrats. Dude, you have no idea, brother. <laughs> um, after one year. <laughs> <laughs> so she uh, is the love of my life, the light of my life, and all that good stuff. She doesn't listen to the podcast, so really it means absolutely nothing to her. Uh, but, no, it's uh, it's been a great ride and uh, obviously the mother to my child, and she's also a, a total kick-ass lawyer. Um, and she was my sugar mama for the early part. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, when I made no money, and she was bringing in the, the big bacon. box. Nice. Beautiful. So. All right, I'll, I'll go now. I just needed to double-check some facts. Okay. Uh, just going to daily. Facts? We don't need no facts. I don't know. I needed the name because I, I haven't watched a second of this show. Okay. But, but daily daps to Robbie Hayes for dodging a bullet and losing the Bachelorette. Like why would you ever why would you ever want to get married to some woman who treats finding love like she's at the grocery store? Like daily daps to him. Now he can go find a woman that actually like respects him and appreciates Wait, who him wanted? who he is. Jordan Rogers. Jordan Rogers. Oh. Are you kidding me? No. Which really is just for the narrative of saying uh-huh. that Aaron Rodgers' brother won this thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Apparently so they hammed it up in like the finale too. They did like an at-home visit no. and they added empty chairs at the family table because Rogers wasn't there. Was what? Like, Get out of here. Are you serious? Yeah. Yes. They no, added, they did not. They added empty chairs at the dinner table when they went back to for Jordan. Aaron Rodgers. I, I read that. Oh, come on. I read so, that on the internet. Robbie, don't don't oh. worry about it, man. Apparently, you know you were you were you were the guy that should have won from the females that watch the show. Well, but first of all, isn't it isn't it better? It's always better for the runner up, right? Because do, doesn't the runner up generally have a bachelor. leg up uh, uh, on the on the next season of the Bachelor? Yeah, it's not always the case, but if you win, you don't you're not the Bachelor. Don't do it, Robbie. Just <laughs> you're you're a you're a an ex uh, swimmer, like an Olympic athlete. No, just, come just on, bro, go out there. No, he's done. Like he's going down this road. Like he was a finalist if on the Bachelor. If he does, I'm gonna undap him later. But daps him for he, dodging. He's that definitely bullet. going down the reality TV show route. There's just no question. Because <sighs> that's right. that's where the money's gonna be at. This for is him. this is too much time on reality television yeah, now. So trash TV. Trash TV. <laughs> Matt Harmon, give me some daily daps. Oh, by the way, daily daps to you uh, for being half dead. Um, Well, first of all, uh, daily daps to my parents for uh, having me uh, and uh, bringing me into the world. So daps to them. Uh, Thanks. Uh, (laughs) On this this day 25 years ago, I was was brought into the world. And, you know, you all, you're welcome. Um, (laughs) 
Wow. <laughs> Anyways, but my real daily daps is uh, going to go out to a documentary called Austin to Boston. It follows a uh, few bands, Ben Howard, The Staves, um, Bears Den, and Nathaniel Rateliff, among others, across a tour from Austin to Boston in uh, Volkswagen vans. And they, I like watching this video on, I watched this documentary on Saturday. I was just like, oh my God, these people are so talented. Like they're just so good at playing music. And yeah. I mean, the thing I was telling Gelhar this last night really checked all the boxes for me, like road travels, uh, great, you know, folksy music, uh, feelings and emotion <laughs> and, 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 and just things of that nature. Like it checked really all the boxes I'm looking for in life. Uh, so yeah, it was just incredibly well done. It's on Netflix. I definitely recommend checking it out. And the music, I put a Spotify playlist up of the music as well from the movie. Just, I mean, just incredible. I'm blown away. All right. Great. Nice. All right. Give it to me, franchise. All right. I'm going to do a daily daps to uh, beast mode, Marshawn Lynch, because I found out last week that okay. he is going to appear on an episode of running wild with bear grills. Yeah, boy. Season. Here we go. Drew Brees did it last year. And I found this, um, this quote from Bear Grylls in the New York Post. I guess uh, Marshawn Lynch's was in Corsica, which is like an island off the coast of France. Right. Bear Grylls says, we took Marshawn Lynch to the high mountains up there, very exposed cliff-type terrain. He's a guy who's never set foot outside of the city, now clinging onto these mountains on all fours, shaking like a leaf. Wow. So that sounds like it's going to be a wonderful episode. Anything Beast Mode has done since he's retired is just gold. So a- anything he's done, period. Pure. Anything he's done, period. period. Pretty much is gold. So we'll, we'll wipe away that. some of the the years in Buffalo. That doesn't count. So who cares? Right. But everything else, hundred percent. Yep. Gold. That'll air this season at some point. MG Marcus Grant. Uh, well, uh, Alex Gelhar dapped trash TV. I'm going to dap some great TV. Thank you. Uh, if you if you follow me on Snapchat, which you can at uh, Marcus G9, by the way, oh. um, you probably saw my emotions as I progressed through Stranger Things over the weekend. Phenomenal. I mean, it the show actually it, it hooked me from the first ten minutes of the opening episode, and it just never let go. And I, I will, without spoiling anything, um, just imagine if at the height of their creative powers, Steven Spielberg, John Carpenter, and Stephen King had a creative baby. Um, it is Stranger Things. Whoa, that is hype. Yeah, it is yeah. Stranger Things. Uh, if you are a child of the '80s or just love the '80s, I mean, you you may have a, an extra connection to it because there's there's definitely some nostalgia. But even without that. Uh, the story is is so much fun. The uh, the 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 kids who are the the main stars of the show are outstanding. Um, it is I, I blew through it pretty much on a Saturday. So uh, eight episodes. It's so much fun. Nice. Yeah. There we I go. That's gonna do it for us. Well, uh, don't By forget if you want to get in the fan leagues. Oh, uh, that's right. Rate the podcast on iTunes or your podcast app, and to help us find it because we're getting a lot of them. You can also tweet it at to me at Alex Galhart. Tweet a screen grab. I'll I'll try and favor it all of them so we can decide and we'll get a couple entrants in uh, I, this Friday. Can I also say this? I I know we're saying rate the podcast. We're not saying you have to five star it. Yeah, no. If you hate it, yes, you do. No, you do. Oh, you do. That, no, you can you can hate it. <laughs> you can absolutely hate it. If you hate the podcast and want to get in and beat us, then go ahead. We'll you can hate it if you want to be. No, but that's long. what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Hey, if you write a, a review and it's awesome, and you give it a one star, I'm on board. Yeah. That's the kind of we're not going to discriminate. Yeah. I'm just saying, look, subscribe and rate it. Please. And then we'll uh, we'll get some people in these fan leagues. Let's do it. We're going to talk, talk fan league on Friday. For the Whiz Kid from Wisconsin, for the Magical Beard franchise, MG Mike, i Marcus Grant, and Matt Harmon, West Virginia's finest. I'm James Coe. We're out.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.